Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good morning. It is Friday, December 15th, seven minutes after nine. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels. Rob Kendall has the day off and Brad Kloppenstein joins us in the studio today. Hey, good morning. Happy Friday. Good morning, Casey. Can you believe it? They let me back. I know they did. Although we're going to have to get you a key because I, <laughs> I was wondering where you were. I'm glad you texted me. I, Come I was get da- me. I was down in the black hole of the front of the MS building on the circle. It was like 10 minutes till nine and I was like, where's Brad? Maybe I should check my phone. Oh, I got a text. Come get me. I can't get in. So uh, we're, we're glad that you made it. And Thank you. You were able to actually get in the building. Uh, and happy Friday, by the way. Give yourself a pat on the back. You made it. Yes. Thank you, Casey. Yeah, good Thank job. You. Okay, so let's talk about what uh, your president did yesterday. He made an announcement where he said hundreds of thousands of older Americans could pay less for their outpatient drug treatments beginning as early as next year. The White House unveiled a list of 48 drugs. They range from chemotherapy treatments to growth hormones, and uh, they said that their price gouging will no longer happen. And many people are anti-Big Pharma. I, for one, think that uh, Pharma has done a lot of things for people. We can rail on the Big Pharma drugs, the opioid epidemic, a lot. Uh, But I blame the state of Indiana for that, for not giving people a choice in cannabis. Yes. However, I think that uh, without pharma, if you are in a medical situation where you've had any sort of uh, treatment or surgery done, boy, you'd be in a world of pain without some of the things that they do create. Amen. Now, I I am a free market kind of guy, Mm -hmm. and I am with you. Some people might not not like big pharma, Mm -hmm. but you know what? Imagine the world without them. Without them, you'd be thinking Civil War era where you're getting a shot of morphine in your leg and it may not perhaps do the trick for you. Right. So there's the good and the bad with the big pharma. Now, the price gouging, no, they need to get a handle on that. So I think it's a good thing. However, however, and here's the but, but... Casey, we always just have a big butt. There's always a big butt. When uh, Joe Biden was announcing this, he seemed to want to focus on COVID vaccines again. Oh, my God. Where's the sad trombone? Right? I mean, can he not get off of this? I I don't fully understand why they're still on this. Um, I don't like the fact that the federal government is paying for all this. That's it, exactly. Save our tax dollars because there's a lot of people who don't want to get that jab. And we don't want our tax money going to profit Big Pharma and their vaccines. Yes, and I, I... That is my worry. When I say that I'm generally in the in the camp of Big Pharma, but just for what they've provided, I don't like the fact that Big Pharma seems to be lobbying the federal government to say, hey, we're going to sell you all these vaccines. You need to tell people they have to take mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. and we're going to put the taxpayers on the hook for it. Yeah, so, the, the mandating of the vaccine is yes. where we have the real issue. All right, well, here he is. Here's President Walnut talking about that shot that has had no long-term studies done to it. 
We're already begun to secure fair pricing clauses and contracts for new COVID vaccines, three new COVID vaccines. Three, three new vaccines on the way. Not just one, but three, okay? And at what point is the CDC going to stop saying fully vaccinated? What does that even mean? It it doesn't mean anything. I mean, fully. COVID has now become the flu. Mm -hmm. It's it's funny. It's ran almost the exact course of the influenza outbreak from 100 years ago. And I know our friend Jim Merritt is actually writing a book on the parallels between the the two reactions between the influenza outbreak of what 1919 1920 and mm-hmm. then the covid outbreak 100 years later and i bet you're going to see that it was almost it ran the course almost exactly to where it was a big deal and then each generation of the virus became less and less to where now it is just the flu if you want to get a flu shot you should be able to get a flu shot however there seems to be some question on whether or not getting the flu shot really keeps you from getting the flu. Okay, so um, one more thing is that they're rolling back all of those mandates for federal employees and elsewhere, but it's like a little too late, right? Like, where were you three years ago? Yes, and it's, you know, we didn't know what we didn't know. However, there were clearly a lot of people who were espousing things as fact simply because people were letting them get away with it. Mm -hmm. And they keep trying to push that narrative. And fortunately, I think the general public is in the position of pushing back saying, you know what? Screw you and your mandates. We're not listening this time around. We will take we will take you under advisement, but nothing more. Okay, so Sleepy Joe is at it again, by the way, during this uh, press conference he was having. He seems like he needed a shot himself, something to possibly wake him up, because here he is. He's fading. He's fading. Taxpayers already are chipping in, making paying a lot of money for that here at NIH to get these brilliant scientists to out and find cures, find a- answers to drug problems, to, to drugs, for with the use of drugs for health problems. What? Joe, run away from the light. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about what's going on with his son, Hunter. Only an arrogant and entitled person would have pulled a publicity stunt like we saw from Hunter Biden. So I was sitting in with you on Wednesday, and we were watching this real time mm-hmm. happen behind us. And yeah, I, it wasn't till that afternoon that I fully grasped what all was happening. And it's it was nothing more than a publicity stunt and a shameless one at that. And now it's come out that Eric Swalwell has uh, he was the one who kind of secured the space for Hunter Biden to go talk. So that nothing would happen. I'm sure they were afraid that maybe some Republicans were going to go walk over there and and stand next to Hunter Biden while he was making his announcements. Uh, The president's son traveled to the U.S. Capitol building to publicly defy a lawful congressional subpoena. Uh, When when is everybody, including Hunter, going to realize that he is not above the law? Casey, how many congressional subpoenas have you ignored in your life? Come on, we all do it. Right. It's, you know, it's the thing to do, apparently. Well, here's uh, James Comer. He's saying that uh, they're going to hold Hunter in contempt of Congress. And uh, now he may be in even more trouble. I think the American people saw that was a publicity stunt that went bust. We have had a credible investigation that the American people expect. They want to know what the Bidens did to receive the tens of millions of dollars from our enemies around the world. And we're going to continue to pursue the truth. And we're doing it lawfully and by the Constitution. And today, Hunter Biden got into more trouble, if that's even possible, by defying our lawful subpoena. 
So, Hunter Biden, um, I you can't just ignore Congress like that. Although he's trying and he thinks he's going to get away with it, and mm-hmm. maybe he will for a period of time, but... I think that there are legitimate questions that deserve legitimate answers, and I'm always very skeptical when I see someone of means, much like yourself and I, or mm-hmm. me, yourself and me, mm-hmm. my, my English teacher wife would get on me for that, um, but if they go into elected service of middle-class means, and the next thing you know, 5, 10, 20 years later, they're very wealthy, it's public record what they get paid by the taxpayers, mm-hmm. where did all this other wealth come from? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, and- here's uh, Representative Byron Donalds. He's talking about uh, what's going on with Joe Biden and also Hunter and Hunter not showing up to the closed door deposition. Very consistent in the House. This is not a House Republican thing. This is a House of Representatives things. If you're gonna get the, if you're gonna go sit in an open hearing as a witness, you get deposed before you sit as a witness. That's what happens. Uh, that's what the Democrats did. They did it with Don Jr. They did it with Ivanka. They've done it so many times. So all we're saying is, Hunter Biden, why do you? Why don't you want to live by the same treatment? This is very, very simple stuff. But the problem is, is that when you're under oath, you either have to plead the fifth or you have to tell the truth. Hunter Biden doesn't want to do that because if he told the truth, it would confirm what we already know, that his father knowingly let Hunter Biden go around the globe picking up bags of cash so Joe Biden could get a piece of the action. He wanted a cut. He wanted to cash in on all the influence he's built up being in politics for 50 years. So that is interesting take. And I I don't know that he's wrong other than sometimes in a parent-son-daughter relationship, I will leave the window open that Joe might not have benefited from this financially or at least directly financially. Obviously, his son Hunter has had some problems. And if you have a child that's kind of the misfit toy, (laughs) sometimes you do what you can to set them up so that they can succeed in life and not just flounder around. Mm -hmm. And it's possible that Joe knowingly let Hunter bounce around the world collecting bags of money thinking, all right, he's not God forbid he's a salesman and he's out there selling widgets or something. Um, if this is how Hunter's going to at least make enough money to survive, uh, I'm going to let him do it. He's so, a 53 year old grown man. He is. I, he I've got a better. neighbor that's this a 53 year old grown man. This isn't some 20 year old who doesn't know what he's doing or trying to figure out his way in life. I mean, at what point do you have to say you're on your own, son? figure it out he should yeah Uh, but not all parents will do that yeah well hunter's not special although he thinks he is and when are we going to point out that doesn't this defy uh his pre-trial release i mean isn't he under indictment like he is under indictment i I mean i think that the problems are mounting for hunter regardless and yeah I, i I think Congress absolutely needs to lean on this saying, listen, we we put a subpoena out there. Are mm-hmm. you going to ignore this or not? If you're going to ignore it, we have problems and we have to respect the authority of the Congress to subpoena people. Okay, so the big question is what's going to happen to Hunter next? Where where do we go from here? And uh, Representative Byron Donalds has an answer. So what's going to happen next is we're actually going to file um, – contempt of of Congress charges against Hunter Biden. That's going to pass in the House. Um, Unfortunately, I believe it's going to pass on a party line vote, but that's what's going to occur because he's in violation of a congressional subpoena. Now, what's going to happen after that is the Department of Justice is going to look 
at the contempt of Congress, and they're basically going to put it uh, in a waste paper basket because the Department of Justice has been obstructing justice for the Biden family the entire time. So while they're trying to enforce it on Steve Bannon, they are not going to enforce it on Hunter Biden. Mm. And let me also say this. Steve Bannon actually worked in the administration. So there's an argument that there was executive privilege and he's not subject to a congressional subpoena. But Hunter Biden is not the part of the administration. He's a private citizen. He has a duty to respond to congressional subpoenas. But the Department of Justice will not prosecute. The reason why they won't prosecute that is because this is this is the same Department of Justice that tried to give Hunter Biden the sweetest deal Mm -hmm. known to man. Mm -hmm. They tried to bury Farah and, Mm -hmm. and tax evasion charges under a misdemeanor gun charge. And the only reason that deal didn't go through is because a federal judge looked at it, actually read the deal and said, this is the craziest deal I've ever read. I'm not (laughs) signing it. So I don't think anything really going to happen, but it's not going to deter us from continuing our investigations and actually getting to the nub of the matter of drafting articles of impeachment for Joe Biden. Yep, and let's just keep on investigating and investigating and investigating and investigating. Okay, well, Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about that. We'll get to her answer coming up. Also, the Indiana BMV released the list of over a 1,000 rejected vanity license plates, and there's some fun ones. We're going to talk about that coming up from 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning. It is 23 minutes after 9. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Rob with the day off. Brad Kloppenstein in the studio. Now, we were talking about that impeachment inquiry happening to Joe Biden. And, of course, Karine Jean-Pierre, she had herself a presser. She was wearing her John Deere green blazer looking uh, like a tractor. And she was asked about the impeachment inquiry and who's lying, who's zooming who, right? And, uh, well... What do you think? Is the president lying? No. Well, oh. not knowingly. Oh, of course he's not. Is there an easy way to counter the um, central message, though, that the president interacted with associates and has been lying about it since? The president well, is not is lying about anything mm-hmm. as it relates to what House Republicans are trying to do. Mm-hmm. It is baseless. It mm-hmm. is a political stunt. Yeah. And he has it has not proven that the president has done anything wrong. OK, and- except for there's those bank records. There's those visitor logs, the emails, the texts, the photos, the phone calls, the sworn witness testimony. You mean all the evidence? Oh, that's, <laughs> that's what we're calling yeah. it. Evidence. Now, in a different uh, presser, uh, Peter Ducey from Fox News, he caused a bit of a commotion. This was with the national uh, security spokesman, John Kirby. And this is kind of funny. And I don't know if this is a Freudian slip or what, but Peter Ducey accidentally mixed up President Biden and President Obama and kind of morphed them all into one person. Is President Biden? Uh, is President Biden? <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, he is. Yeah, is he? That's good. That's a big story for us. Um, is the president? President Obiden oh, right. is what he called yeah, him. He's only 15 years too late on that. <laughs> so, I mean, Biden and Ducey, they've got a rocky relationship. I, it seems kind of clear that 
Biden does not like Peter Ducey from Fox News. I mean, he called him a son of a bee in the past. And Peter Ducey was asking about this story that Politico reported that there's a bit of a rift going on right now between Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. And this is because the vice president has urged the president to show more public concern for Palestinians in his reaction to the Israel-Hamas war. And, of course, the White House rejecting the story, saying, no, 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 there's no difference in opinion. We're all on the same page. Now, is it possible that Riff is? Because, as far as I know, he has not said that she will be his running mate sure. next year. Well, they're, they're saying now that there's no daylight between them. That's the new phrase that they're using. There's no daylight between them. That, that would imply that she's up his butt then. <laughs> hey, let's talk about this uh, grant that Indiana's going to receive from the federal government. And uh, this is to expand the uh, passenger rail service from Indianapolis to Chicago. And it looks like uh, the Indiana Department of Transportation getting up to $500,000 to develop to, this plan. To study. To study it. Half a million dollars to develop a plan. Mm-hmm. That's one heck of a plan, right? Yeah, yes, exactly. Plan. Okay. Find so, out where there's rail, find out where it goes, and then decide whether or not there's there's any demand to go there. Yeah. Okay. So what? They want to improve the service of the existing Amtrak line? Yes. Have you ever taken Amtrak? I've in, never done that. Really? I, when I was a kid, I took it from Indianapolis to Chicago and back. Mm-hmm. Haven't done it since, mostly because it used to be you'd leave Indianapolis at 3.30 in the morning. I think it's now at like 6 or 6.30. Uh, it was not real efficient. And it used to be daily. It, it, it went down to like three days a week. It might be back to daily, but it's still early in the morning. It's not real convenient. And it takes you five hours to get to Chicago. You know what? Now that I think about that, I have done it once. I've gone from South Bend to Chicago. Now, that's the, the way South to go. Shore, on the, the South Shore. Shore. But you're right, because it makes a stop all along the way. Right. So you don't just go and go yeah so you if you know, go from indianapolis in you stop go. at crawfordsville mm-hmm. and then you stop at lafayette then you stop at um some little hamlet in southern lake county and then finally you get to go on into chicago so i think what they're studying is twofold uh there's always been talk to run a line down to louisville or jeffersonville and the question is is it going to cross the river or not and if so how and where does it go and is there going to be greater frequency out of indianapolis so oh. So the plan doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to do it. No, it just means that we're we're talking about it, which then begets the question, is rail service really efficient? Is it, how many people would use it? Mm -hmm. I mean, I always look at, you know, whether people are talking about light rail or the bus lines, you know, what is the usership going to be in a best case scenario? And is it going to be viable? Could it possibly stand on its own? And the answer is almost always no. Well, they'll find out after a $500,000 study. Now, if they would have paid me five hundred grand, i will do the study for them. <laughs> sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that BMV list of rejected personal license plates coming up and uh, also driving stick shift manual. Those are on the way from 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
Good morning. It is 934. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey. Rob has the day off, but Brad Kloppenstein is in the studio with us this morning. Hello, Casey. Good morning. So the decision makers at the Indiana Bureau of Motor Vehicles, they might have been thinking, OMG, WTH a lot this year. Uh, They were (laughs) determining what sort of personalized vanity plates were getting the thumbs up and which ones were getting the thumbs down. Casey speaks TikTok. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, they released a list of over a thousand rejected vanity license plates. And uh, some of them are cool AF. Yes, they are. Although not cool enough to go on your car because that was rejected. It's unfortunate. So have you ever had a vanity plate? Uh, No. No, I I just go with what they give me. Okay. Although I do like to pick out which plate. I, I like playing the game of what is that plate trying to say? Because mm-hmm. some get approved. So I'm surprised on which ones get approved, which ones don't. Uh, now, we did hear from one of our elected officials yeah. uh, when we were teasing this topic. Yeah. State Representative Jerry Tor from up in Carmel okay. responded and said there's a BMV committee that reviews vanity plates. So they had one for, quote, USSY. And he goes, they were about to approve it when someone noticed it was going on a Purdue plate. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So according to the BMV, personalized Indiana license plates, they can only contain a combination of numbers and letters and special characters aren't allowed. And they refuse to issue them if it carries a meaning or connotation, which is offensive or not in good taste or lacks decency Uh, or if it's misleading in any way. And uh, they they consider many to be improper because they've rejected now, over a thousand. If, if of I would have been on that committee, they they denied the mm-hmm. IU sucks plate. I would have <laughs> proved you would have been okay with that. <laughs> yes. They denied uh, the only fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they that was the fan or the the actor. The the connotation of something the, inappropriate, perhaps. Well. I think it's advertising the website mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. for the a little bit of the porn, you know. Yeah. Um, and they also they denied backhoe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure why. I'm, I'm sure this guy was just a contractor. Sure, sure. Uh, sexy red one was denied. Uh, <laughs> moist was denied. I, I'm not That's sure just why. because that gives some so, people so the many people get the willies on that word. one. They don't like that word. I, I feel bad for the. The guy that submitted blue balls. Uh huh. You do. You feel yeah. bad for him. Yeah. He's not getting his license plate or anything else. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, we interrupt your typical political content to bring you the audio of this dad teaching his son how to drive stick shift. I think this is some good, wholesome fun. Wait. Go. Easy, dude. Look forward. Keep it even. Keep it even. Right there, even, 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 even. There you go, boy. Yeah. Ready? Yes. Now you're just gonna start turning. Keep the gas. Keep the gas. Start turning. You gotta pick, use your hands like this. Shuffle. Shuffle. There you go, boy. Look at you. Keep <laughs> the gas. Keep the gas. Keep the gas. Keep the gas. There we go. <laughs> Now we're gonna we're gonna speed it up a little. Just no, nope, keep where you're at. Keep on the gas. Keep on the gas. Keep on the gas. Alright, ready? Yes. You're gonna go clutch, clutch off the gas and push the clutch. 
Off the gas, push the clutch. Now you're gonna go up to third. Up, over, third. Now gas, even transition. Ready? There you go, 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 go. Yay! <laughs> you got it, boy! Keep going. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about right there. Waiting for the crash. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Aww. Keep going. Keep going. So you got a car to your left. Okay, so and he 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 gets it. He uh, he manages to do it, and I thought that was a, a nice little Friday reset with everything negative that we have going on. It's I, a dad teaching his son how to drive, and it looks like it's an old truck. And it sounds like an old truck. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> an old truck. Uh, but he was successful, so it made me start thinking about: Can you drive manual? Yes, I can. Yeah. I, in high school, I even gave a speech to the class on how to drive a manual. Really? Yeah. How did, was it a presentation or it was a, it you was just a presentation. stand in front of her, this so is it, how you do it? So I, I was taking a speech class mm -hmm. and um, in fact, Mrs. Joanne Stadler was my speech teacher. Shout out to Mount Vernon High School. And we were doing speeches on, they were how-to speeches mm -hmm. and some people doing on baking and who knows what. Well, I wanted to do one on how to drive a manual transmission. I had an old 82 Ford Escort and the only option on that car was it had a rear window wiper. Otherwise, vinyl seats mm -hmm. and manual transmission or air conditioning. So I went out, I jacked that thing up and I gave it, you know, opened the door. The whole class walked outside and I just said, here's how you drive a manual transmission and just went through the gears. It was fantastic. Yeah, and you did a, a presentation for everybody with the actual car. With the car, with yeah. it running, and mm -hmm. the, the wheel spinning up in the air. What kind of grade did you get on that? I got an A. <laughs> Good for I, you. I got an A. That, Casey, there's a reason I'm sitting in this chair today. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, you said that you learned how to drive a manual where? Yeah, so I grew up in L.A., so I grew up with a lot of hills, and my mom taught me how to drive uh, a stick shift in an RX-7. Uh-huh. So... What that kid was learning, you know, just uh, put it on the clutch and put mm -hmm. it into gear. I had to put it in into clutch, gear, and have the parking brake at the same time. Because oh, as soon right. as you let go of the parking brake, the yeah. car falls back. Right, you're going to roll back. <laughs> yeah, car, how do you do all that and have a phone in one hand <laughs> and a soft drink <laughs> in another? <laughs> That's the thing. And when you learn how to drive a manual on hills, yeah. you can master yeah, so, anywhere. So yeah. just learning how to do that, you can go to San Francisco and parallel park. Oh, boy. Shift. And a stick. <laughs> San Francisco would scare me. Yeah. Casey, uh, have you ever had a manual transmission automobile? Not an automobile, but I ride a motorcycle, and that's manual. That, so okay. you have to know how to do that. And, yeah, I mean, I can, I can drive it. I've never owned one. But, um, you know, uh, the rolling back is the part that, always makes me a little bit nervous because you gotta you gotta go for it and it just you're a much active much more active driver oh yeah when you're driving manual because so I, as you mentioned you can't have the phone and the drink and the everything else in your hands you have to really be if i was a that parent vehicle. of a 16 year old you would teach them I, I would teach them and probably get them a car that has a manual transmission mm -hmm. because you're far less likely to be looking at the phone mm -hmm. because you don't have enough hands yeah exactly and the vehicle's typically uh less expensive as well it is yeah um okay so let's move on to this uh pentagon press secretary uh he's uh part of the department of defense and this was a press conference and i thought this was another nice thing i don't have a problem with this either when they kind of play along in this area i think it's nice um this is a question about escorting santa claus thank you let me go to jeff shogel 
Thank you. Can the Defense Department provide a breakdown of assets and personnel that will be involved in escorting Santa Claus on December 24th and 25th? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jeff. Um, unfortunately, that's controlled unclassified information. Great answer. Uh, but I can assure you that we will ensure that Santa gets wherever he needs to go uh, safely and securely. Uh, but uh, all joking aside, I, I know that our, our teammates at uh, NORAD, uh, NORTHCOM, will have much more information to provide uh, <laughs> on Santa's trip this holiday season. So, uh, and uh, I'm sure he'll be on time in, uh, in place for Christmas. So thank you. Um, just a, another typical press conference, though. Let me pass it on to the other department. Yes, so, exactly. I'll answer your question, but then I'm going to refer you yeah. to Nora. I would love to see them come out with a whole list of all the assets. Like, yeah, we're going to have two F-18s. We're going to have an air <laughs> fueling tanker up there. Sure. <laughs> it's all good stuff. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning, 946 with the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey. Rob has the day off. Brad Klappenstein Stein in the studio with us. And I don't know if you heard what's going on in Boston, but uh, their mayor, she's defending her decision to host a holiday party. It's not just any holiday party, though. It was for elected officials of color, specifically. Um, it's called Electeds of Color Holiday Party. It was held on Wednesday, and she says this has been a fixture of Boston politics for more than a decade. There's never been any complaints before, and uh, here she is defending herself against her segregated holiday party. I think we've we've had individual conversations with everyone, so people understand that it was truly just a an honest mistake that went out in in typing the email field. And um, I look forward to celebrating with everyone at the holiday parties that we will have besides this one as well. So um, it is my intention that we can again um, be a city that lives our values and create space for all kinds of communities to come together. Okay, so she's not apologizing for the party no it affects she, she's apo- apologizing for getting caught that's what i was gonna say. did you hear that she goes well it was just in the email the two field on the mm-hmm. email so in other words yeah we've been doing this for a long time mm-hmm. this is just the first time that we accidentally sent this to everybody instead right. of just a select few right like oh whoops you found us out you know i i i have a problem with this only because it's in the public domain. If the mayor wants to have a party, she at her house, she is welcome to invite whoever she wants. But when you start getting into, I'm only vi- inviting elected officials from the city and they have to be of color and we're going to exclude the others, um, mm-hmm. that word exclude is right. a big word. Right, and doesn't this go against your diversity, equity, and inclusion? Inclusion, yes. Right, um, which is... Uh, you know, something that she campaigned with. They're saying that no city funds were used to pay for the party. However, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. Apparently, they used a city email. Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's the reason they got caught. Okay, let's talk about uh, Hoosier Racing Tires. They won the coolest thing made in Indiana. So, Casey, Hoosier Racing Tires, they are manufactured up in Plymouth and distributed. Lakeville. Yeah, Lakeville, mm-hmm. so southern St. Joseph County, mm-hmm. where you spent lots of time in Used your life. Used to drive by it many times. So uh, they won the coolest thing made in Indiana. It's a competition, right? It's it, put on by the Indiana Chamber. The Indiana Chamber. Go Chamber. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to highlight the state's manufacturing history. Yes. 
So this year's tournament had 47 different Hoosier businesses compete. So Hard Truth Distillery was the runner-up. Uh, some others that were in there, Blue, Flo- Blue Fox Farms and Guardian Bikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Woodmiser, which my understanding is, I think Nigel's family has something to do with Woodmiser. Okay. We might have to bring him in and say, Ask Nigel. him about that? Yeah. So Tell uh, us about that. Yeah. So now, other things that, this, this got me thinking, other cool things that are made in Indiana that people might not know about. Mm-hmm. You know the red wax on the top of the Maker's Marks bottles? You know, I've actually been to the Maker's Mark distillery yeah. down in Tennessee. Tennessee or Kentucky? Kentucky. Kentucky. And I've dipped the wax, you know, but I didn't know that the red wax was made here in Indiana. Yeah. Red wax is made up in Tipton County. That's amazing. Yeah. And then what, they send the wax down? Yeah, they ship it down to Bardstown, okay. and then it, it gets dipped. But I mm-hmm. I would love to see them play that up a little bit more. I think that's really cool. Maybe they've just never thought of entering. In fact, yeah. hopefully somebody's listening, and it goes, oh, we could enter this competition. <laughs> we, that's really we cool. We should be in this chamber competition. So Albany's Candy up in Maryville, mm-hmm. I think, is good. The the gummy bears. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. So, all right. So my wife has a new job, and it takes her up to Lake County a couple times a month now. And they've got an outlet store up there. And she will be bringing, up in Maryville, yeah. and she is bringing back albino gummies that somehow didn't get the coloring that they had on the clearance rack and different things. But yeah, I love that they got That candy, candy store is great because they have the, the mistakes yes. yeah, of that. all the candies, and mm-hmm. they tend to be marked down. So yep. you can get the same flavor. It's just not a perfect it, piece exactly. of candy. Exactly. It's not a pretty piece of candy. Yeah, but it still tastes the same. It does. Uh, another thing that you have on the list here that many people may not be aware of is rolled gold tomatoes. Now, I've actually been to the farm and been out among the tomatoes and have received lots of different uh, rolled gold ketchup um, and the different flavors that they offer. So it's it's a big deal. I had a fraternity brother in college that lived up um, Swayze or somewhere up around that area. But in that little village, they had a migrant workers camp that was kind of on the outskirts of the village, which the village was only two blocks from end to end. But at night, they would do these announcements in Spanish. That was the first time I'd ever been exposed to that. So we'd be sitting at this dude's pool and you'd hear these announcements coming in from a couple blocks away and all the workers were there. But yeah, Red Gold is a huge Indiana producer. What most people don't know is they do almost all the private label ketchup Mm -hmm. for anybody everywhere. So unless you were eating ketchup that specifically says Heinz or Hunt's, there's a darn good chance that Red Gold made it. Okay, another one is uh, Marion K. Spices. Yeah, Marion K. Spices down in Brownstown, Indiana, little family-owned company. And that's another one I think should play its Hoosier roots a little bit better and could be better distributed. In Indiana, popcorn capital of the world. So we produce more popcorn than anybody. Yes, we do. We're number one. Number one in popcorn. To be a parade. Okay. Um, well, uh, Hoosier Racing Tire, what? They were established in 1957, the world's largest manufacturer of racing tires. I think that's fitting that, I, they, that they win. I agree. And I'm glad they're located here in Indiana. Mm-hmm. It, it would be kind of cool if somebody ran a Hoosier Racing Tire in the 500. Although they, I, have a, they also do tires for go-karts and not just for racing cars. I mean, they've got all sorts yeah. of tires. They used to do passenger cars for a while, and mm-hmm. I think they got out of that business. Yeah. I, um, well, maybe they d- determined that they, you know, make more money doing racing tires or something. I'm sure they did. Racing <laughs> tires are not cheap. No, they're huge, too. <laughs> it is the Kendall and Casey Show at 952, and Kevin McCarthy, he bid Congress adieu. He gave a, a speech on the floor yesterday ahead of his res- resignation. You know, he's he's done at the end of the year, right? 
Did, was he giving the two-finger salute on the way out the door? Mm. I don't think if he did that. The U- if you're watching on the YouTube, you no, can see the visual. You're number one. Um, <laughs> so I don't think so. He wouldn't He wouldn't do something like that because he's mentioned that he would take a cabinet position. Yeah. So he's still, he's still trying to get the grift. Like, he may be done being, you know, part of Congress, but he still wants to be part of that government team. Yes. I don't think we've heard the last of Kevin McCarthy. He'll, uh, he'll he'll do something. I, I have a feeling he will be a rabble rouser, if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, Jake Tapper from CNN played a little snippet of his final remarks and then had a snide comment. In our politics lead, parting words today from ousted Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on the floor as he leaves Congress. Do not be fearful if you believe your philosophy brings people more freedom. Do not be fearful that you could lose your job over it. Do it anyways. I would do it all again. Ah, yes. Do not be fearful. Words of courage from Kevin McCarthy, the Winston Churchill of our time. (laughs) Oh, man. Don't be fearful, except for if you don't like it, take your ball and go home. I mean, that's pretty much what Kevin McCarthy did. I'm disappointed in him that he's not filling out his term. I, I understand that he might might be licking his loon, wounds a little bit, but you know what? Just serve out the last year mm-hmm. and enjoy the parties and just announce you're not running for re-election and line up whatever it is you're going to do next. Well, it's clear he didn't want to be on Congress. He wanted to be Speaker of the House. Right. And when he didn't get his way, he's taking his ball and he's going home. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. I think that we should judge him harshly for that and whatever his future endeavors are. Yeah. Okay, how about uh, retiring in a place that has a very low cost of living. There's a new U.S. News and World Report came out with their 24 most afforded affordable places to retire. Guess what, Brad? There's two Indiana cities on the list. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, so what? They compared 150 different metropolitan areas, and they determined that... South Bend, Indiana was number 10 on the list. You know uh, you know what they say about South Bend. If you want to live forever, move there, because every day feels like an eternity. <laughs> so so that you, you've already got your retirement home scouted out. You're, you're going back. You're going to live on the St. Joe River. Uh, the study included data about has housing affordability, happiness, desirability, retiree taxes, the job market, and access to quality health care. I don't know how South Bend did on the job market front on that one but they made the list at number 10 and also on the list was fort wayne indiana coming in at number six you go fort wayne Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. three rivers festivals really carrying that town along yep okay so they list the uh average cost of a home in all of these cities they say the medium home price in fort wayne is about two hundred sixteen thousand dollars so uh, relatively inexpensive comparatively. And in South Bend, the average uh, home is 207000 So uh, not nearly as much. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. It's 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is you all 
Good morning. It is Friday, December 15th. It is five minutes after 10. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels. Rob Kendall has the day off and Brad Kloppenstein joins us in the studio. Good morning. Happy Friday, Brad. Thank you so much for coming. Hello, in today. Casey. So apparently we're pulling out the net. What do you mean? Uh, there's no, there's no Casey safety net. You just told me that this is going to be me, all me. This is all you. All right. I want you to start talking. We're going <laughs> to <laughs> dance. We're, we're, we're going to talk about uh, the governor's race that's going on. You say that it's shaping up to be your words, a big turd sandwich. <laughs> it is. That a big sounds turd. delicious. Mm. Mm. Uh, okay, why turd sandwich? Do you not like Mike Braun, Suzanne Crouch, Brad Chambers, Curtis Hill, or Eric Doden? I will say. None of them just necessarily inspire me to go, yeah, go get them. Yeah. There's, so they're all varying degrees mm-hmm. of each other, and mm-hmm. I don't know if that's good or bad or other. Um, so it, so you've got three really wealthy people of those five. Um, mm-hmm. You've got one who lost his law license for a little bit because of indiscretions at a uh, signy die party. Uh, amongst other things. And then you've got the lieutenant governor who is underfinanced and probably not even all that well known, even though she's been lieutenant governor now for seven years. Um, but there's not a one of them that I would call a Mitch Daniels type that mm-hmm. is that is distancing themselves from the pack. Um, I mean, probably if I was leaning one way, mm-hmm. Brad Chambers, just because he knows what's going on, he seems like a pretty good guy. Mm-hmm. This is certainly not an endorsement because I'll probably vote for Donald Rainwater. Um, however, I, I don't like the Chambers commercials where he's like, oh, I was just some plucky farm kid, grew an up outsider. with nothing, and outside, right. I'm an outsider. No, the dude graduated from Lawrence Central High School. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he might have spent some time in Thorntown, but I he graduated from Lawrence. Hashtag why I love Lawrence. And he was in charge of the semi-government uh, operations the IEDC, oh, so he's, he's not a total outsider. He's got every yeah. Republican insider to stay right. on his team. He is an insider's insider, but I want that to be his message. I want him to go out there and say, heck yeah, I'm an insider. I know exactly what's going on. I know where the bodies are buried. I know how to attract businesses to the state of Indiana, and if you want to go anywhere, you better elect me because these other four are losers. Okay, so um, you're saying that so far nobody's pulling away. Does that bode well for Jennifer McCormick and also Donald Rainwater? Possibly. I mean, mm. depending on how much the Republicans right now, they've all it's I've been fascinated by the fact on how many of them have been on the air so early in the cycle. Obviously, they started back in September um, and that some of that is just to introduce themselves because nobody knows who Eric Doden is and nobody knows who Brad Chambers is. And so they have to get out there and establish some name ID. They have not turned on each other yet. But given that I don't think any of them are at 40 percent in the polls. Uh, I think last time Abdul did a poll, he had Mike Braun marginally out in front. Mm-hmm. But at some point, they're going to start eating their own and turning on each other. And they'll probably start turning on whoever they perceive the front runner to be. So right now, it's it's very cordial and congenial. But it is. It I, won't I, remain that way. I, I want it to stay that way. Deep down in my heart, uh-huh. Casey, uh-huh. I want to see people be nice and respectful. And I just know they can't do it. No, they can't. So uh, they all 
agree that something needs to be done with taxes in the state, but they cannot agree on how. Of course, Suzanne Crouch is saying she wants to axe the tax, the personal income tax, and she says she wants to do that by eliminating wasteful government spending, but she remains pretty quiet, very silent on the specific details about how how she plans to do that. Right. And now Brad Chambers, you mentioned him. He said he agrees with the plan to reduce the taxes over time, though, not in a single extreme swoop. You know, you know what would get me excited if one of them just came out and said, you know what, I'm not even going to promise a tax cut that I know I can't deliver. I am just going to hold the line and Indiana's budget will be the exact same dollar figure next year as it mm-hmm. was last year. Okay, Curtis Hill said he liked the sound of an income tax elimination, but making it happen was going to take a lot of maneuvering and also time. Mike Braun said that uh, Crouch's plan was probably done without thoroughly thinking through and so that's a little bit of uh, you know snipping at each other, but it is one-third of the state's revenue, so what is her plan to make up that money? Or are we just not going to have those services anymore? And a lot of people, that's fine with a lot of people. Um, and Eric Doden said that he was skeptical on the whole thing. Yes. Yeah, so but none of them offering any specific plan. No. No. They, like, again, they need to come out and say, I'm going to hold the line, or I'm going to go back 10%, or mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to the... 2016 budget i mean any of those things be specific and then just say yeah we're going to roll back and give be specific about where you're going to roll back if you want to get rid of property taxes that's great but does that mean that we're going to have a a sales tax increase or yeah i want to see just a little bit more meat and that's because i'm one of these guys that looks at these plans i know how the how the you know the, the government works and i know that you can't eliminate one thing generally without increasing somewhere else so get into the meat a little bit Mm -hmm. now jim merritt and i have a podcast called merritt in the morning and we had curtis hill on as a guest two or three months ago it was interesting i was skeptical about whether or not i even wanted him as a guest Mm -hmm. um but we did he says a lot of the right things but he's also his own biggest fan and it's all his personal issues that he won't address and won't get beyond. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, I, I, I can't possibly get behind you just because I already know we've given you a chance. You were a statewide elected office holder and you treated it like you're a frat boy. So all five of the candidates support, uh, the efforts to expand school choice. Brad Chambers said that, uh, Parents need to be front and center in the kids' education. You mean like a school course. board? Yes. <laughs> Show up. Uh, Doden has been critical of Indiana's voucher and charter school programs. Uh, Crouch said that she would continue to be a big proponent of school choice. Curtis Hill said that choice is vital. And Mike Braun said parents need to be the main stakeholders in their kids' education. Um, so they're all they're all saying the right things. Uh, Braun says that... Uh, he would make it his number one priority, which to me says that he's going to start being lobbied by the angry red shirted t-shirts. Yes. T-shirts, it's, you know, so do you think that this is going to come down to just being a spending war mm. and whoever has the most money wins? Um, Possibly. I have, I have noticed that uh, the person I'm filling in for today, uh, I wonder if he's run off. None of those people have run commercials in this show as far as I'm aware. Mm. And it's because we're too expensive. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You can't get you can't get on the the big dog, the number nine show, and all the all, all of the, the country. Nation, yeah, on all the right. country. So yeah, that costs you some simoleons. Okay, so I think you you still have a ways to go. Six months before the primary, so I I do believe that things will start to weed out just a little bit. How would you handicap it? And do you think it's just going to be at an this arms point? Race? I think it's bronze to lose. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got the name recognition. He he can he can run on his votes, whether you like what he voted or not. He's the one who can stand up and say, "Hey, I was in Congress." Yeah. Right? These other ones can't. Right. Um, the biggest question on Braun is he's running all these commercials. A lot of people are saying, uh, "What's he running for?" Well, right. But again, he keeps talking about the border right now, and we're seeing the national polling that is saying that that is the second uh, biggest concern of voters. So. Yeah, he's Brad Chambers keeps talking about China. So <laughs> yeah. they're they're both doing it right now. They are. The ads that I'm seeing the most right now are Brad Chambers and Mike Braun. I I don't see anything for Curtis Hill. No, he doesn't. I don't think I don't see anything for Suzanne Crouch. Nope. Um and and Eric Doden, I mean, he's got a ways to go. Now, if we wanted to talk about best dressed, that's a whole different conversation. Who would you put as best dressed? I'm not going to say that. I'm joking. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, what uh, is going on with the finances. Of course, uh, yesterday you had that National Defense Authorization Act that was voted on, 310 to 118. And uh, it's a defense policy bill that injects $886 billion into the military. And uh, will that be affecting the prices we pay at the grocery store? Uh, it may. Mm. Depends where they plan on printing the money from. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and if they take it from elsewhere. Uh, I... I think that the U.S. military spending is still roughly 4% of GDP. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, whatever number you call it, I think you need to look at what percentage of the economy is it taking up. If that number blips up to five, then that probably will affect prices elsewhere. Well, let's talk about prices. Uh, Fox Business came out with this stat. They were talking about the CPI, and which was released. And since President Biden came into office, everything is up 17%. And the facts are clear from uh, January of 2021, since the day President Biden came into office, look at this, everything is up more than about 17 percent. The price of goods from food in the grocery store up at 21 percent. The price of bread alone up about 26 percent from January 2021 until today. The egg prices up 24 percent in that time. Milk up almost 17 percent since January of 2021. The price people are paying for housing to rent and to own is up about 19 percent since the month president biden took office and i just heard that uh, a new pew research poll came out and it did not go well for joe biden i haven't had a chance to dig into it yet but just more indication that people are not agreeing with his economic plan of course kareen jean pierre was asked about this when she had her press conference yesterday and uh well we're wrong they're right uh, look, as it relates to Bionomics, the president, I just announced at the top of the briefing, he's going to go to Milwaukee. He's going to talk about Bionomics, investing in America, what he, what Bionomics has done mm -hmm. for the American people coming out of the pandemic. We can't forget what happened when the president walked in. We saw a literally uh, the economy at a tailspin. And so the president has been working a middle class from the bottom up, middle out. And mm -hmm. that's what you've seen him do. And the data shows, as you just mentioned in your question, inflation is moderating. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you see... Uh, 
jobs created at more than 14 million jobs. Unemployment is at under 4%. All of those things is part of, is part of binomics, and you will certainly hear the president talk more about that over the next couple months as we finish uh, finish out the certainly the year. She sounds like she's a little bit scattered there in her answer. Like she she's is. stumbling through it. Um, so, she's talking about the 14 million jobs that were created. They weren't created. We all know this. She keeps saying that binomics is working. And who is it working for? It's working for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, creating government jobs, those are not contributing to the economy. Now, I do want to break this down and say both Biden and even going back a bit, Trump is culpable for where we are and why prices are going up. Basically, with all the PPP loans, mm -hmm. all these special subsidies they gave for unemployment benefits, we created out of thin air, there's another 25% of the money in circulation was created in about an 18 month window. So mm -hmm. effectively they devalued everybody else's currency by that similar 25%. So if you had a retirement savings that was worth a million dollars, it's now worth roughly $750,000. So all these prices have gone up to match the amount of extra money that went into the economy. We could get in Matt Will from the University of Indianapolis and he would tell us the same thing, but all it is, it's a simple math equation and it is what value do we put on money? We devalued it and that is where we are. And I wish Corrine Jean-Pierre, and every time I say a French name- They would name, be honest about would it. Would be honest about it. Yeah. I want to say, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Corrine Jean-Pierre, <laughs> Well, and the thing is they keep saying the last administration, the last administration, Hello. Yeah, it, sorry, it, you've had three years. Exactly. It's, at yes. one point, do you have to start being accountable for your own actions? If you were at a job and you were three years in and you still sucked at it, they'd be like, mm, we need to have a little talk. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we we need you to come to HR. Quite, this isn't working out, and I believe that's what the new uh, Pew study says. It is 19 minutes after 10. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. It's 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning. It is 22 minutes after 10. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall is out today, but Brad Klopfenstein is in. Thanks, Brad, for coming in. So there's this new study revealing that more than a quarter of people can't find Christmas presents that they have hidden. So they're saying once you hide them, you may not find them. And you know what it reminds me of? Uh, the scene in uh, Christmas Vacation, oh, when Clark goes up, up to, to the, the attic. attic to hide Christmas <laughs> gifts, and he puts the one gift in the slots, and then he, he pulls out one that he had hidden, and blows it off and the dust goes flying because clearly he had hidden a gift in the past I, forgot where it was yep in fact that the old gift was his uh i think anniversary or mother's day gift mm -hmm. from 1983 is that what it yeah. was <laughs> yeah so this study found that people if you wait weeks between hiding and then searching for the gifts there's a higher chance you're gonna forget where the presents actually are it's kind of like saving your password somewhere safe so that you don't forget about it and then you forget about yeah, it and then you forget about it yeah so have you ever forgotten about gifts no no are you kidding this like a, this mind is a, a steel, steel trap. trap yeah okay. no no but i typically put them all in the same spot so i'm not gonna if i forget one i'm gonna forget them all you know, uh, right. what about you? You're a snooper, aren't you? I'm, no, I'm not a snooper. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. A, I'm, I'm. I'm probably not a good gift giver nor gift receiver. No. So, uh, yeah. So, I was 
it, Ian, I've never had kids that I've needed to hide gifts from. So whenever I wrap presents, I just keep them out in the open because who's going to see them? Right. Who's going to care? And yeah. Although this- years ago, I dated a girl who was a snooper. Yeah. Oh, she didn't last very long. <laughs> That's why she didn't get the ring. Huh? That's right. She was a snooper. That's exactly uh, right. They say that elderly parents are especially the ones who may forget where they put Christmas presents. What? Grandpa Joe's going to forget where he put got $100 a, billion? Dollars? Got a present for my granddaughter. Forgot where I put it. But, well, the thought's there. Um, okay, let's talk about this article. 12 speakeasies in central Indiana um, being named as cool places with moody vibes, huh? So, What's a speakeasy? What technically is a speakeasy? So they are defining a speakeasy as kind of a side room mm-hmm. or a out-of-the-way bar. Uh, traditionally, a speakeasy came came about back in prohibition where yeah you, you had to knock on the door you had to knock on the door you didn't talk about it that's mm-hmm. why you speak easy about this thing because yeah people aren't supposed to know about it so uh yeah wish tv compiled a list and i know that they had i'm not looking at the list unfortunately um there's about a dozen on there's here. a dozen but yeah there's mm-hmm. the the bar that the whiskey bar that's beside goodfellas there on mass ave there's mm-hmm. one down at the bottle works there's one up at um 22nd and Talbot Street that made that list. Um, now, some that didn't make the list, which aren't necessarily speakeasies, but are kind of cool out-of-the-way bars. I was thinking about this. Uh, Jay Clyde's over on East 10th Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still want to... Casey, one of these days, we're going to put together a post-show 10th Street pub crawl. Okay. And it will be a blast. Oh, I think it should be during the show. Heck yeah. Can we do a live? This show never does a live remote. It's time to roll one out. Okay. So they're saying that these uh, speakeasy style bars, entirely legal, by the way. And they offer craft cocktails. And uh, what they've got, The Exchange, uh, Bar 114, Thieves, Commodore, The Vault, Bootleggers, Upseller, The English, Wise Guy Lounge. And uh, Attic Hardware is another one. So what all these have in common Mm -hmm. is that, yeah, they've got kind of lots of wood and dim lighting and a big whiskey selection and Uh, 1920s ambiance. 1920s ambiance. And yes, which craft cocktails is a it's a a name that I I don't like. It's just a cocktail. You Mm -hmm. don't have to call it a craft cocktail. It's Mm -hmm. just you're mixing mixing booze with a mixer and it's a cocktail but anyhow they say they have craft cocktails um usually i think if you call it something craft that means the price doubled um so but yeah they all kind of have cool swanky vibes they're a little out of the way it's not like going to ale emporium where you and a thousand of your closest friends are there it's mm-hmm. you know they typically only hold maybe 40 50 60 people smaller smaller yeah. places so but yeah indianapolis has a lot of cool places and yeah Okay, so yeah. this this guide is at uh, on Wish TV if you want to check it out. And also another study saying a quarter of Americans feel stressed out all the time. All the time. And the cure for that may be cooking. Oh, I was okay. going to say booze. No, no. <laughs> it morphs it's, into our last topic. It's food. Oh. Seven, seven in ten Americans consider cooking and eating as a love language. And they're saying that a way to relax maybe to use food. That's also a good way to comfort others. But the number one go-to comfort food is ice cream. 
Well, of course it is. <laughs> Followed by pizza, pasta, burgers, and then grilled cheese. No. But uh, three quarters of people, 78%, say that cooking is a calming task for them. I would be in that category. Yeah, you like to cook. I huh? love to cook. And so my wife, a few months ago, um, actually it was our daughter and son-in-law, got us signed up with HelloFresh. Oh, and, okay. And so we were getting those meals and... My wife was like, oh, these are going to be great. It's going to make your life so much easier. And I've, I've been trying to gently tell her, I'm like, I like to cook because I can escape. It, mm-hmm. It's creative. Get in I, the kitchen. Get in and- the kitchen. I look and see what ingredients we have. And I'm like, okay, this would make something good. I like that part of it. Whereas with, on these HelloFresh meals, she's the one that will cook them because it's all laid out. Everything you need, it's all portioned out. It's the recipes right there. And I, I will say they're good, but... I like the creativeness of just taking an hour and kind of being in my own world and creating something that I maybe not had before. And then you get something at the end of it. Uh, yes. The second leading choice to calm people after they've had a stressful day. Booze. Cleaning. Oh, man. Cleaning. Where's booze? Yeah. Uh, what, what is it? If you uh, have a, a, a messy mind, you don't want a messy place. Yes. So it helps you. So if, are if- you a neatnik or... Oh, a little yeah. bit of a slob. Yeah. No, no. Everything's got its place. It's I would have guessed It's all in order. That. It's got to be clean. We've got Kurt Darling next. He's got the news on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. See. From you, Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. The phone number for voicemails if you'd like to contribute, 317-684-8444. We welcome your questions, comments, smart remarks or whatever's on your mind that you feel you need to get out. It is 1034. This is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Brent Kloppenstein is in for Rob Kendall today who is vacationing. So yesterday Ethan was filling in and at one point he wanted to talk about the sensor button on his microwave. Uh, It's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. And he said it is life changing. I went home. I looked last night. I do not have a sensor button on my microwave. I, I'm very confused by all this. Is, is he implying that the microwave is listening? No, he's implying that rather than just put your food in the microwave and, and press 30 seconds or a oh. minute, you press the sensor button and the microwave knows when the food is done. Sensor with an S, I got you. Yes, sensor button. <laughs> oh, right, not sensor. <laughs> That's like, the what, other. What, what is your microwave saying that you need <laughs> right. to sensor it? <laughs> very good, very good, Brad. You're going to have to check yours to see if your microwave has a, a sensor button. Okay, uh, um, yes. To I, cook your food. Uh, did you know it has a mute button? I no. See, I mean, I, these I, are things that our microwaves <laughs> we're not even paying attention to. Um, your microwave most likely has a mute button on it that you can turn the beeping off. I want it to do that because. Do you see? Yes, I, because, I did that to mine. I turned it off. Now, 
every microwave I've had up until now, when you open the door, it'll immediately stop beeping. This one will continue to beep okay, through now, the open door. You you need to look. There might be a mute button okay, right need... there on your microwave. All so right. You can censor uh, your I... microwave. <laughs> yeah. So actually, you can censor your microwave yeah. with a C. All right. Cool. All right. Casey, Carl, um, I'll be back in like 30 minutes. I got to go look. <laughs> no, you do that when you get home. But we were talking about, you know, many microwaves have the popcorn button yes. on them and I don't, if you use them or not but uh, somebody wanted to call and they were very worked up about not only the sensor button on the microwave but also microwave popcorn and he's got a recipe he wants to tell us exactly how to make microwave popcorn forget about all the garbage with the microwave popcorn and then <laughs> having to buy a microwave with a sensor and all that garbage a regular Microwave works fine. You go on Amazon and you buy the Ecolution, E-C-O-L-U-T-I-O-N, microwave popper. It's a glass, a round glass jug with uh, plastic on the outside. You can get it in different colors. Red's what I have. And then it's got a, a, a top on it. You buy that thing. There's two sizes. I have them both. They both work great. Then you buy yourself an Orville Redenbacher's original eight-pound jug. You'll have crap tons of popcorn you you fill up the top of that jug the way the instructions tell you and then add about a tablespoon of butter Mm -hmm. a pat of butter on top of it uh you know you pour the kernels in you leave the butter on top put it in your microwave and just listen to it as it pops set it for five minutes it's not going to use all that because you listen to it and when the popping decreases and you start getting pop 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 Take the damn thing out. You'll get used to where you have to do that after just a few times. It makes the most amazing popcorn you will ever have. You don't have to worry about all those disgusting fats and, and, uh, and, and artery-clogging garbage that are in uh, microwave popcorn bags. don't have to worry about the bag. All you have to do is pour it into a bowl. Once it's popped, add salt you'll be in popcorn heaven. Mm-hmm. I've had all kinds of popcorn. I haven't had any better than this. He's very excited that. about it. He's I, very excited about it. Okay, so a couple things. I like that he said his was red. Right. Definitely <laughs> let us know what color he's got. Um, and the the big jar of the uh, Orville Redenbacher popcorn, I have one of those. Okay, now buy it in bulk. So I'm good. Is, yeah, yeah the I'm way good to go. there. Um, he, he mentions add all the, the butter and stuff. Okay, uh, the salt. Okay. Uh, if you're if you're trying to be heart healthy, that may not be the thing for you. Um, but what I do, I just put it on in the um, the the pan on the stove. Yeah, that's that's the easiest way to do it. Uh, yeah. I don't. If you do want the... you could flavor it with bacon grease. Mm. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I just I... said heart healthy, and you said bacon grease. Yeah, Indiana <laughs> pork producers <laughs> okay. sponsor the segment. Okay. Um, yeah, but I, I I don't normally do the the bag. No. In the you remember the old Jiffy Pops? Yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, kids, turn on the stove mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. yeah. But that's this. I mean I kind of do that in a sense by putting it in right, the, put, putting it in the pan. I like doing it in the pan, which yeah. I'm, I'm not a big popcorn eater to begin with, but when I do. Yes. But you have to get used to hearing when it's done popping. Well, it's just—it's no different than the microwave or the stovetop or wherever. Mm-hmm. You're right. It, you're going to burn it and your house is going to stink if you don't pay attention to it. Yeah. And it stopped popping and you're still cooking. And that's a horrible smell, too. Oh Burnt popcorn because it just lingers You, you might forever. as well just cook some fish right after that. Oh, because boy. It's- 
Uh, do throw, the double whammy. Throw in some Brussels sprouts, too, and mm. your whole house will smell. <laughs> okay, um, somebody wanted to call and talk about Hunter Biden. Of course, uh, he did not go to that closed-door deposition, and instead he had himself a press conference, and so a comment about that. After he schooled them in that speech he gave them out there on the lawn, he should have walked into the meeting because he was subpoenaed. Mm-hmm. He's not a Republican. They don't answer subpoenas, but that's another story. Anyway, after he entered, he should have said, in answer to your first question, my name is Hunter Biden. In answer to all subsequent questions, due to an ongoing criminal indictment covering the same materials, I invoke my Fifth Amendment right not to answer. Mm-hmm. Then he should have just sat there mute until the Republicans and the MAGA Republicans, not the same thing they do, got bored and closed the hearings. Yeah, I mean... That's that's what you would expect that he, he was going to do. Hunter Biden showed up to grandstand. Of course that, he did. That That's why he was there. Yeah, to say I plead the fifth and then not say any other words, that defeats his whole purpose of showing up. All right, um, Carl, let's uh, move ahead to the one called beer, if we can. Um, mm. Brad, somebody heard you talking about your beer and yeah. your beer brands. Wearing my Alpsbrow shirt today. Yep, and uh, so this is a call for you about beer brewing. KC, Kendall, I forgot he's not there today. But I was listening to you and uh, the other guy, I guess his name is Brad. Uh, he said something about he uh, he brews some of the older beers. Uh, I just wonder if he, if he uh, I don't know how old he is, but there used to be a beer out there, and it was real good back in the day called Fallstaff. I'm just wondering if he could brew up some of that <laughs> that old Falstaff taste, you know, some, from some of them older beers he talked I don't know which ones he does, but and if he does, man, I'd like to have some of that. Really. <laughs> I, back then. I don't know what you could do about it now, but I think uh, whoever bought Blue Ribbon out, Makes the blue ribbon. Uh, I think blue ribbon must have bought false staff out. That's the reason why they quit. They quit making it because I think it was so good that uh, there was uh, competition against them. I'm not sure, but okay. So false staff. Okay, I have two comments on sure. false staff. Oh, so one. I have tried to acquire false staff. However, it is. Wholly owned by Paps Brewing Company, and they are still maintaining their trademark on that, although they have not brewed it since, I think, 2016. So it has been out of production, but but Paps Brewing Company still maintains that trademark, and they might- Do you think it'll come back? Why are they maintaining it? It might. I I think they still sell a lot of merchandise with Falstaff on it, so they have reasons to to maintain it, but- But otherwise, Falstaff's beer is not currently on the market. However, this reminds me of a story. Me and my buddy Damian Mason back in college uh, on a Tuesday, we were driving from West Lafayette to Anderson, and we drove through Tipton, Indiana, and we stopped at a little place for lunch called Dick's Tie-On Lounge. We walked in. There was like four old-timers up front, and I saw one of the old-timers was drinking a Falstaff beer. So Mm -hmm. I go back. We go to the bar. Bartender's like, what can I get you? I'm like, I want a Falstaff. My buddy Damian goes, I'll I'll have a Falstaff, too. So – we drink our fall staff. When she comes back, she goes, I can I get you something else? And I'm like, I want another fall staff. And Damien goes, I want a fall staff too. Well, then she goes, okay, but that's it. After this, no more fall staff. And we're like, 
It is 12.30 on a Tuesday. We are dead sober. We're walking in here. Why are we getting cut off? And she's like, oh, no, no, I'm not cutting you off. You don't understand. She goes, well, I keep Falstaff here for old Earl, and you're drinking all his beer. <laughs> they only supply so much. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> she, right. she did not want Earl to get upset no. that you drink all his beer. No way. Okay, so what brands do you uh, brew? Because that so, he asked about that. Right, he said, so, I don't know what brands he's brewing. You're wearing your Alpsprout shirt wear my right Alpsprout shirt. It is in production. Mm-hmm. So I've got that. I also own um, Nickel Plate Beer, mm-hmm. which we're looking at getting in production. I own Circle City Beer, mm-hmm. which we're looking at getting into production. I own one called KG Schmitz, which was an old beer out of Logansport. And um, we owned up until recently, Indianapolis Brewing Company, and I just sold that to a local brewery. And in fact, I brought a pre- You bring more beer in today? I brought more beer in because- Is it cold this time? It is cold this time. <laughs> so yeah, so I, so I gave Nigel a six pack. So mm-hmm. this, it officially launches next week. Um, so this is a preview Fantastic. sample of it. So yeah. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna preview it. We're gonna preview it. All right, we'll do that coming up. I'm excited about that. Now that it's cold, you learned your lesson, right? Yeah, I did. I, I didn't know we were gonna be drinking at 10 a.m. on a Wednesday. Nobody did. Uh, but it's Friday, so yeah, let's give it a shot. All right, one more phone call, and um, this is somebody who's commenting about uh, the the chester and spike conversation the mexican pizza conversation and his thoughts about calls on uh serious subjects versus not so serious casey and whoever the wonderful person is with you this morning yeah still rob free eh? you folks were talking the other day when rob was still there about the fact that you've gotten more calls about the cartoon characters that you were talking about than you get on more serious things well, maybe WIBC I'll look into having a forum for these type of things. And uh, much like in the days of Jeff Pigeon and Gary Todd, where there was a show that they could call in and make some comments about just life in general and about things like cartoon characters. Why not go ahead and look into that? <laughs> or you guys could have actually an hour of your show that it would just be light subjects. Mm-hmm. And forget the politics and all that. Mm-hmm. We're all pretty burdened down by all this stuff right now. We hate to see the country going the way it is. And we just need a little light stuff to talk about. Yep. So it might be something to consider. By the way, for the record, there is a competing radio show. Oh, let's turn. Let's on, uh, stop that one. We don't want to talk no, about that. There's, there's other radio shows. <laughs> there's not. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> no. that's, that's crazy that's talk. Crazy talk, man. I don't know <laughs> what you're saying? Okay, so he likes the light subjects every now and then, so, and I think I I do too. We I have, need to break it up. I have. I I agree. I have two comments on that. Yeah. One, we did caller roulette with Hammer on Wednesday. Uh-huh. Casey, I've never seen you more terrified. <laughs> <laughs> you than never the know what you're going to get. We don't know what this is going to be. I don't know if the producers are trained well enough to get to the dump button quickly. I just, I, I guess I have to have confidence in that. I, I see. Carl, th- are you good with that? You're good on the dump button. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, fortunately, excuse me, I've never had to use it. Yeah, good. <laughs> so, but he mentioned cartoons. It's mm-hmm. funny. Back in the old WXNT days when Abdul had the morning show and mm-hmm. I would fill in for him fairly often. 
one day I came in and it was just me and we weren't getting a lot of callers. There wasn't a lot going on. And for some reason, I started talking about old cartoon shows mm-hmm. and yep. the Popeye and Peggy and Cowboy Bob. The phones lit up and stayed lit up the entire show. You yeah. had I had no idea how many people wanted to talk about cartoons. People want to uh, reminisce from their childhood. They do. Yeah. They do. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. That's Brad Klappenstein. You're listening to 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning. It is nine minutes in front of 11. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Brad Kloppenstein in for Rob, who's uh, off today. Did you happen to see the video that was released by Jill Biden, the the Christmas video? I did. Yeah. With the Uh, the people in tights prancing around. Yeah. Featuring the tap dancers performing the Nutcracker. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So dancers gallivanting around the decorated White House. The group of dancers are from the Dorrance Dance Group. And they wore these very colorful outfits. They were meant to represent characters from the Nutcracker, which is, of course, a holiday classic. Quite a different contrast from the uh, all-white ballet performance that... Uh, Melania Trump released, and by all white, I mean the costumes that they wore. Um, But this year's decor theme at the White House is magic, wonder, and joy. And a lot of people were not happy with it. It got over 3 million views on X, but many people saying that it was cringy, it was inappropriate, it was a misuse of tax dollars. And um, since it was released the other day, uh, there's been a little bit more that has come out about that Dorrance Dance Company, which were the performers in the video. And that is that the dance group actively wants to abolish the police they promote blm and they also push the narrative for trans and um they educate on white privilege and systemic racism this this might be exhibit a on why sometimes free is not a good value yeah if they offered themselves up and said we'll perform free at the white house yeah, it might be worth a second look saying, um, I'm not sure that we want free. Yeah. So I think it's just, um, it's one of those instances, and we talked about this yesterday with Taylor Swift going to a charity event. Um, research what you're getting into before you go, before you hire. But clearly the Biden White House not having an issue with that. Yeah. I wish they'd own up and just say, yeah, hey, we should have probably you looked think? at this. What did, what did you think of the video? Um, they're, they're Very colorful. De- they're colorful and decent mm-hmm. dancers. I mean, I yeah, I, not- I don't have a problem with them doing something like that at the White House. I, you know, and I guess as long as they're not trying to make some sort of a political statement or, you know, I think that probably the White House should have looked into it a little bit more. But, I mean, the quality of the dance was just fine. Some people were on the other side, of course, and they said, thank you for bringing jazz and tap tap dance into the White House this holiday season. Uh, It's a scary world right now, and this was uh, two truly American art forms invented in this country, and that was a breath of fresh air. 
Yeah. So, of yeah. course, you're going to get both sides to that. So there was a study that came out, Brad, and it said more Americans trust AI in social media over their doctor's <laughs> opinion. Oh, no. I saw this on the template. That made me laugh. Yeah, it made you laugh? Yes. Uh, more people consulting healthcare websites, 53% doing that, 46% consulting social media rather than a real doctor, which is only at 44%. 73% of people believe uh, that they have a better understanding of their health than their own doctor does. I think you probably know your body and know mm -hmm. what's wrong. Now, I know that there are a lot of people that will cruise like the Cleveland Clinic website or, um, or or various other healthcare websites looking for something that might go along with what that what they're feeling. Um, mm -hmm. And unfortunately, yes, in this day and age, if you're a hypochondriac, you can find that there's something wrong with you if you look hard enough. Yeah, exactly. So 45% um, of people say that they search online because they want a second opinion. <laughs> Doctor told me this, and I don't like that answer, so let's find something else. But a lot of people, and I believe this is true, a lot of people say that they're searching online, 57%, because they don't understand their health care insurance and what it covers. There's, so there is a lot of that. Out, yeah, they're seeking out answers online. Um, and many times, doctor may not know what insurance covers. Doctor may request a test or something specific. And then you go find out later, your insurance doesn't cover that. So then you have to go back to square one. Now, I will be the first to admit, healthcare is a mess. And I try to ask that question whenever I go in. Be like, well, how much is this going to cost? Mm -hmm. And they go, oh, well, we just submit it to your insurance. Right. You'll find out later when you get and, the bill. And then I, then I follow up. Well, how, how much is that? Mm -hmm. And they still can't tell you. Uh, another statistic, 51% of people say they're embarrassed by what they're experiencing. And that's why they seek out health and medical answers online. Because they don't want to be honest in the doctor's office. People, your doctor's heard it all. Don't yep. be embarrassed. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. It's 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning. It is Friday, December 15th. It is six minutes after 11. This is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels. Rob Kendall has the day off. Kevin McNamara has the day off in the studio. I am joined by Brett Kloppenstein and also producer Carl. Carl, I don't even know your last name. You don't I go even by want the name of Showbiz. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter as Carl, Carl Showbiz. Carl Showbiz. I like well, it. Well, I appreciate you both for being here today on this Friday. Now, Casey, yeah. now, admittedly, it's a little thin, but you're at least still here. Have you heard the lineup for next Thursday and Friday? No. It's going to be me and Ethan. Okay. Well, you guys will have some fun. We'll have fun. I don't even know who's going to be running the board. It might be Carl. might be Kevin. might be <laughs> mystery producer. It, I is, <laughs> it is vacation time for everybody. Um, they Everybody likes to take it all at once, right? 
right before the holidays. So it started out as never discussed, and then it changed to never spoken to Hunter about his dealings. Then it was insisting he wasn't involved in his son's business dealings. And now apparently the talking point about the uh, Biden crime family is uh, that Joe Biden was not financially involved. Not financially. I have not had financial relations with that man, Joe Biden. (laughs) That's exactly how it is Pretty much what Hunter was saying, huh? So the big glaring issue is that, uh, you know, the Department of Justice allowed that early potential tax felony against Hunter to expire. I mean, that's where a lot of these issues are stemming from. They didn't do anything then. They going to do anything now? So, well, is there what's the apparent? Well, if it expired, apparently there is a statute of limitations on mm-hmm. that, and it exceeded. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, clearly there's there's questions that need to be answered, and if if the answer is no, mm-hmm. just. Can you show us some records? And by the way, will you pay the taxes on this? Yeah, well, David Weiss did let the statute of limitations run out on that during his investigation as he's been checking into Hunter. But you know what phase we're into now? We're into the rollout the defense party for Hunter um, as everybody yeah, he's goes just, out. He's just this poor victim. Mm-hmm. Poor, mm-hmm. yes, and poor and, victim in recovery. We, yes. We're picking on people in recovery now. And um, the Republican Party is just uh, violating the light of Joe's love towards Hunter. But uh, Biden's spokesperson says that Republicans are making up lies. His name is Ian Sams, and although despite the bank records, the phone calls, the emails, the photos, the texts, the visitor logs, the sworn witness testimony indicating that uh, alleged corruption, he claims that the Biden impeachment inquiry is just a relentless smear campaign. So they're just making up lies Mm -hmm. to attack the president in a relentless smear campaign that frankly has been going on for four straight years now. We went through an impeachment in the last administration over these same made up allegations. Uh, the gaslighting is very insulting. I I, I feel people see right through this when they say they're just making up lies. No, we've seen the pictures. Yeah, we've no, seen the text. I, I think it's worthy of an answer at least. And yes, Congress subpoenaed you show up and right. tell him, plead your case. Say, listen, here's why I am innocent. But mm-hmm. he's not doing that. Instead, they're saying, no, you're you're just blaming us and you're just picking on my kid. Um, I, the American people deserve better than this. Uh, we deserve honesty. We deserve transparency. And by the way, the lying has been going on for longer than four years. So as we're rolling out the uh, defense party for for Hunter, uh, Ian Sams was asked, did Joe Biden know Hunter was going to give Congress the middle finger like that? Like, did he know that that's what was going to happen? That's a fair question. Mm -hmm. And you know what the answer is? I'm not sure. Well, we're we're so proud of Hunter. (laughs) Uh, The White House just said the president was aware that uh, Hunter Biden was going to do that, was aware of what he was going to say. Did he agree with the strategy of doing that? Well, look, I'm not going to get into uh, father's conversations with his son, except to say, Hunter's a private person. He can make his own decisions about how to handle these sorts of things. But the president loves and is very proud of him. So very proud of him well, for everything he's done. Like when he did not show up 
for that subpoena. We're proud of you for that. That's good. Good job, boy. Yeah, he's a private person. Right up until he invokes his father's name mm-hmm. in his business dealings, where he's saying, "Yeah, he, Dad's sitting right here with me. He's listening. He's hearing all this going on." When you're suddenly leveraging your father, who was the vice president, or even when he was in the Senate, or now he's the president, if your son is out invoking that, I mean, heck, Billy Carter just was the the idiot brother. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this is far beyond Hunter just having some misgivings. Hunter is absolutely saying, yeah, give me money because I have access to my dad, and you know what? We could probably influence it. So the question was, did Joe Biden know Hunter was not going to show up for that subpoena? That's a fair question. And the answer you got was, oh, you didn't get an answer. That's no, we, right. we did not you get d- an answer. You didn't get an answer. In fact, um, you should be ashamed for asking the question. And uh, it's very clear that Joe Biden supports his son, supports him, what, breaking the law? Him I'm, financially. I'm, very, I'm very proud of you for for breaking the law. Okay, so um, Hunter has reportedly hinted that he may consider leaving the United States. If, Flight risk. If Donald Trump wins the next election. We we hear that all the time. You hear it from people like Cher and Madonna and, you know, all of these celebrities. If Donald Trump wins, I'm getting on the next flight out of here. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, Casey, we need to start keeping that list mm-hmm. so that we can then... <laughs> Then two years from now, turn check around. it off. Yeah. Oh, you're still here. What, what, what are you still doing here? Yeah, I, I was going to buy leaving. your house on the cheap. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But Hunter Biden apparently has concerns about his future. He should. <laughs> he should. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So yeah, is is he allowed to travel? Is he allowed to travel internationally? He if says he's he not, does a lot of it. If he's not on Air Force One, is he allowed to leave the country? He's been indicted, right? He has been. That's a good question. Nobody said that he can't, and he seems to indicate that he he travels around the world all the time. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, that was part of his defense, saying, "Well, I, yeah, I travel the world. I have all these international business interests." And yeah, I would say he said he's a flight risk. He's now in contempt of Congress. Um, I think they ought to be pulling his passport. Yeah, he wants to take all of his money and run. So a new poll of swing state voters, and this is a uh, Bloomberg morning, morning consult poll, says that Donald Trump is leading Joe Biden in all of the seven swing states. So it's uh, Trump leading 46 to Biden 42. And when you throw in RFKJ into the mix, Trump's still leading um, the next highest. So Biden... Nearly won Arizona 2020, but currently you can throw all of that out the window. Michigan, Trump leading Biden 46 to 42. Do you remember when Trump said he's never going to go back to Michigan again? Now, if in, I think Grand Rapids was the last place he was. Yep. I wonder if, if he were to win, would Grand Rapids be the first place he would go to? He, he should. Now, I would like to see some of this polling in Q, include Mark Cuban. Mark. You said that the other day. I did, you and I'm going to say it again. You think I, Cuban's going to run for president, huh? There are indications he mm-hmm. sold his interest in the uh, Dallas Mavericks for $3.5 billion. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's got, what is that, seven times Jefferson Shreve money now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, there there is a group, the Noble Labels Party, that's out there petitioning to get ballot access in a number of states. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if it is Trump... And Biden on the ballot and Mark Cuban can get on in 45 states, that could be a game changer. 
you think? Well, and I What's also it going to do? They, is it going to pull away from Biden or is it going to pull away from Trump? I would like to think he's pulling away from anybody who's over the age of 70. Mm. He's not that young himself. Now, Cuban's 65, I think. Yeah. I so, mean, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's... He's younger. In, in he, we, he, would be, he would be the youth vote in that scenario, huh? He would be the youth vote. Huh. Scary. Okay. Trump also leading in Nevada, taking 47% to Biden's 44%. Uh, Trump has a nine-point lead over Biden in North Carolina. In Pennsylvania... Trump leading Biden 46 to 44 percent and also in Wisconsin. So everywhere. It's not looking good for Joe Biden. No. It is 15 minutes after 11 with the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. And uh, you brought this to my attention. Indy's purple line. What we know about bus rapid transit projects. So what, the Purple Line's still a year away. It is. They've only been working on it now for four years. Really? The pur- Yeah, so it's the Purple Line uh, it runs within a half mile of my house um, mm-hmm. out in beautiful stately Lawrence, Indiana. Uh, so it's going to run uh, out 38th Street and up post, and then it's going to end at Ivy Tech at the fort. But there was already a bus line that ran that exact route that was almost always empty. I don't know why they think that this thing is going to continue or why that there's going to be hundreds of people suddenly flock onto this bus route. They are just throwing good money after bad. I know I'm going against what had been my employer's line, but you know what? The facts are there. You look at the red line. It has been just a huge money suck. And not that many people use the red line, and that mm-hmm. would have been the most profitable line. Now you've got the purple line that will just not be used, and they're still trying to cram the blue line down Washington Street, which will be, once again, a disaster. So It's a $188 million project. Yes, that never ends. Mm-hmm. It never ends. They've had Post Road and my entire neighborhood just jacked up now pretty much the entire time I've lived there. Really? Yeah. That's frustrating, isn't it? Oh, it is. Yeah. Uh, construction was supposed to take about two years, but surprise, surprise. I know. They've a little been bit delayed. Longer. A little I'm bit shocked longer. by this. Uh, what? It was supposed to be finished about October? Yes. Um, it's December. Yeah. And it's still not done. And they still have issues with the buses and it's, yeah, if you drive up and down Post Road, I mean, it's it's torn up. But Post Road typically was two lanes each direction. It's only one lane in each direction. It's all con- under construction. And mm-hmm. from time to time, you can only go one direction so you can get into my neighborhood, but not out. Um, it. So it breaks down so that it's 126 million for infrastructure improvements. Yes. 36 million for new stations, 18 million for new buses, 18 million for new buses and 7 million for financing and quote other costs. There's a lot of <laughs> other costs. Yes, don't you love that? 17 after 11 you're listening to the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
19 after 11 with the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey. Rob has the day off. Brad Kloppenstein is joining me in the studio. So are the Pacers and the Bucks the best rivalry in the NBA? I think that's a question, and they might very well be now, Casey. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some bad blood there, and it's it's a brewing. Actually, it's spilled over a little bit. So what's the what's the deal with the ball? Something happened at the end of the game the other day. So yeah, so the history is the Bucks have been really good now, mm-hmm. and um, they got the guy with the big long Greek name that I can't say, but uh, not that I won't. It's just like, I can't. Yeah. My tongue doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah Giannis. So, um, but the the Pacers beat them twice already this year, mm-hmm. including in the semifinals of the in season tournament. Well, then the uh, Pacers and the Bucks played again Wednesday night mm-hmm. and the Bucks, he scored 64 points which a, was a franchise record franchise record and yeah. so they took it to the Pacers Wednesday night and so I've seen the video so after the game the ball you know went to the referee he handed it off to a Bucks security guard mm-hmm. so it was in possession of the Bucks well then somehow some way the Bucks had it in in their heads that the Pacers were carrying off the game ball down and, the tunnel. And they wanted that ball because they, they wanted to give it to Giannis. Right, they Giannis. wanted to give it to Giannis and, and I think put it in their display case just right. because it was a historic ball, and I agree, he should have it. Some So the Pacers were carrying off a ball, and I don't exactly know. So there allegedly there is a game ball, and then there's a couple substitute or backup balls. So whatever ball they were using at the end of the game, the Bucks had possession of, but they were – the Bucks were claiming that that wasn't the game ball and that the Pacers had it. So there was a melee. I might have stopped short of a melee, mm-hmm. but in the Pacers' tunnel. So they have separate tunnels, so they don't leave together. So the Bucks players went running into the tunnel after the Pacers. Pacers, um, I think one of the front office guys, took a shot to the ribs with an elbow, mm-hmm. and he was bruised at the minimum. Um, but it, it seems a little bit petty on the part of the Bucks. I'm now I am obviously a little partial. I'm a Pacers fan. Sure. And I'm I'm going to say that, but it sounds like if nothing else, the Bucks could have just easily said, "Hey, you guys have are taking the wrong ball. Can we swap these balls out if they thought it was a big deal?" But it was enough that well, there'd also been a lot of technicals in that game and it was chippy regardless Mm -hmm. but now given that there's this bad blood and it's continuing on this has suddenly become must watch tv for the nba Mm -hmm. because i think that there will be fireworks the next time they get together okay so yeah they're fired up right yeah yeah oh they are and it you know what if i was a pacer i'd be like screw you we're gonna score 160 on you next time Uh and and we'll take the ball we'll take the ball we're gonna take all the balls yeah or we're gonna dump three dozen out there good luck finding the one you well they'll be playing each other again so yeah they're in the same they're in the same division to be continued right yes so i'm excited about this which is great because it's been a while since i've been excited about the pacers right exactly i mean if nothing else it it makes it fun to be a pacers fan it gives you something to root for it does if you don't have your pacers gear get some now Right. It's, it's getting hot, hot, hot. Okay, have you heard about this new Civil War movie? It's coming out in 2024, and um, it's, okay, the, the tagline for the movie is, a race to the White House in a near-future America, near-future America, balanced on the razor's edge. Hmm, well, that 
I could see something like this. I mean, it's not implausible, mm-hmm. which is why I'm sure it's going to be a, a fine movie, mm-hmm. just because it's going to strike at some of the nerves that are out there. And- yes. Uh, so the trailer has a lot of very provocative images. Uh, including U.S. soldiers, military tanks through uh, tearing through American cities, and apparent uprising. And I wanted to play just a little bit of the trailer for you. States have seceded. The United States Army ramps up activity. The White House issued warnings to the Western forces as well as the Florida Alliance. The three-term president assures the uprising will be dealt with swiftly. Let me know if you want to try anything on. I guess aware there's like a pretty huge civil war going on all across America. We just try to stay out with what we see on the news. Seems like it's for the best. Citizens of America. The so-called Western forces of Texas and California. Uh-huh. Suffered a very great defeat. Okay, so that's the part the I wanted United you to hear military. because I think the most ridiculous part about the movie is that Texas and California would be on the same I'll side. Take, and I think I heard Ron Swanson apparently as the president. Uh-huh. Yeah, they say <laughs> the Western forces. So uh, the film is being described as set at an indeterminate point in the future, just far enough ahead for it to um, solicit that the wind is going to change. It's interesting. Okay, it's supposed to premiere on August 26, 24. Okay, so in my mind, future wars are mostly going to be cyber wars Mm. and drones and almost proxy wars. Mm -hmm. And yes, if their premise is that there's armed citizenry that are creating a civil war and there's troop movements i don't think you're going to see much of that in the future so it's fiction okay so civil war is going to premiere just six months before the 24 presidential election okay well the, some of those western states always they, <laughs> there's always rumors that they want to secede yeah. so who knows um okay uh, one other thing that i wanted to share with you and this surprised me this morning i had no idea this was part of my uh my phone my app so kennel and casey are on spotify spotify and we from time to time, we'll update the bumper music that we have on this show onto a Kendall and Casey Spotify playlist. I also use this Spotify account for my personal use. <laughs> okay. So I'm so very hear, interested well, now. Well, you'll hear a lot of country songs okay. um, uh, because that's uh, that's my choice when I'm doing my own thing, right? Um, so this morning, as I was getting ready for work, I noticed a new button on the Spotify because I I was listening to some music when I was, you know, in the bathroom getting dressed and brushing my teeth. And um, I I thought, well, what is this button? And it simply said, DJ. And I pressed the button and this came out. Hey, how you doing, Kendall? I'm X. Glad to be your DJ. I know what you listen to. I see Derek's Bentley there. So I'm going to be here every day playing those artists you got in rotation, going back into your history for songs you used to love. And I'm always on the lookout for new stuff, too, just to push your boundaries a little bit. I'm going to come back every few songs to change up the vibe. But if you're ever not feeling the music, there's going to be a DJ button at the bottom of your screen. Tap that and I'll come back early to switch it up. All right, enough talk. I mentioned Derek's Bentley. Let's get it going with that and some other artists in that zone. That was AI. Yes. That was not a human. I, I would call that Big Brother. Yeah. That go on. Uh, so it's here, and it has infiltrated my Spotify playlist. Yeah. They know what I'm listening to. They're going to mix it up for me from time to time, throw in some new stuff to surprise me. I don't know if I like that one bit. 
I I would probably I would be concerned about that just a little bit. Uh huh. I was surprised. You know, he also said, "Hey, Kendall." Yeah. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> the the playlist yeah. is the the account is the Kendall and Casey show. Um, but yeah, that kind of freaked me out just a little bit this morning. So I mean, it's one thing if they know your tastes and they're just giving mm-hmm. you music rotation. He actually said it. Yeah. I, and I'm calling him a he. AI actually said it to you. They voiced it. They're like, yeah, we follow you. We know exactly what you like. Mm-hmm. And we're going to tell you what you should like. Yes, this is what we're going to do. That's my job. Towards. It's yep. my job to tell the listeners what they should like. And one other thing, we talked about this yesterday, Brad, when you weren't here, but um, the AI newscasters from Channel One, which will be uh, apparently debuting next year. It's, it's AI newscasters delivering news. Something I didn't know when we were talking about it yesterday and I was pointed in this direction that this channel one will be used at schools. So that's what they're targeting. I thought, okay, are they going to partner up with mainstream media and no, the channel one with the AI newscasters will be used in schools. There has been, that's even another level of scary. It is, which there's been various attempts to deliver news to the classrooms. Mm -hmm. Um, CBS, when we were kids had the, um, what they're in the news seg- segment on Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, but that was done by was, real people. It was done by real people. So yeah, AI. You're right. It, I feel like there needs to be an overseer. There needs to be a Matt Hiblin who's there, who who can pull <laughs> an the overlord? plug. Yeah, they, uh, you guys are. This is off the rails. This is not going out. And apparently, this is just automated. All right, we're going to hear from Vivek Ramaswamy. He had a town hall meeting at CNN. A lot of people are talking about uh, his takedown of Abby Phillip, and we'll get to that coming up from 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning. It is 1134. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. However, Rob Kendall has the day off. Brad Klappenstein is joining me in the studio today. I don't know if you saw this. Vivek Ramaswamy, he had a town hall meeting on CNN the other day. Uh, things went very badly for the host. Yes. I Things went badly for, I think, the viewers because they just were talking over each other and... Vivek, he kept trying to make his point, and she would not let him. She just kept interrupting. That was definitely a battle of wills. Yeah, and I I felt like, you know what, just let him answer, and then you could say everything you need to say. You can fact check him, counterpoint, whatever you need to do, but just let him answer. Because it was a town hall setting. Uh, Vivek was asked a question by somebody in the audience. He was trying to give his answer, and she just she just would not let him. So this is a longer clip than what we would normally play, but um, it is Vivek answering a question about January 6th and how he's saying that the government was trying to frame people and that the government was involved. And you can just tell this happened on CNN. She just did not want him to answer. Here we go. 
There is no evidence that there were federal agents in the crowd on January so, 6th. So why, before Congress, when pressed on what the number was, they didn't say there were none? They just couldn't so say how many there were. So you're saying that there's no, that you have not seen evi any evidence so that we've there seen were, multiple, and so you We've seen multiple informants suggesting that there were. We know people were, we know people were FBI informants who were asked to Is there this. any evidence? May I, may I, may I just, may I just there, finish let me, this well, and let me, you can come back and question me. Well, let me clarify. I know this is very uncomfortable for you. I'm going to clarify my question I know question this is an uncomfortable issue for many people, but we have to do the truth here. I'm going to clarify my question because I want to make sure that you understand what I'm asking. I told you, I was where working three years the, ago. I'm not there now. Where is the evidence? Yes. Where is the evidence that the government had a plot, so let's do this. an inside I, job, but no, no, I'm going to tell you an inside job because I'm not going to. I'm not violence respect, on January 6th. Where I'm not going to let you put words in my that? mouth. I'm going to put my words in my mouth, and I'm going to tell you what what where I mean by that. Where is the evidence that the government was involved Entrapment. in planning or executing okay. January 6th? Where so I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you hard facts, and, and if I may, Abby, I know this is going to be a little uncomfortable. But we're gonna we're, we're gonna go through this, and you can and you can you can push Just back on it. For after the evidence, that. and you can push back on that. And let's do this fairly. Why did they suppress footage of now what's been released? Two hundred hours of footage of shooting rubber bullets into that crowd, shooting tear gas into that crowd. You didn't see that before. You saw what the response was to that. Uh, now you see footage coming out of actually rolling out the red carpet. For Capitol Mr. Police allowing Mr. people in again, right through the front the door. The vast majority I mean, of that footage video evidence should have been released shows, before, Abby. Mr. Ramaswamy, the vast majority been of the footage shows and my police officers being overrun by violent riders. That's yeah, I'm going to give you hard. I'm going to give you some hard facts. Of it shows. So what? Here's what entrapment you can't is. Cherry pick. Here's, I'm not cherry picking. You if cannot, I may finish, Abby. If I may finish, Abby. I'm not cherry picking. Examples. To the contrary. To the country, you, you know who cherry picked. You know who cherry picked the government. That, that is what happened. The government on cherry picked 6th. 12 hours of footage when there was 200 hours of footage. So cherry picking was the government, not me. Release so, the whole thing. And let me let me just finish one thing too, because this is super important as a topic. So when you, I when, think this is a civil libertarian issue of our time. When we Gresham Whitmer's kidnapping. I want to keep. I want to be really clear on this because it's the same issue in the same FBI, same even part of the FBI. Three people who were in an alleged plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer were acquitted at the end of trial. Because it was entrapment. That is, government agents put them up to do something they otherwise wouldn't have done. They gave them credit cards with spending limits of up to $5,000, encouraged them to buy munitions, plan something they weren't otherwise willing to plan. So much so, and I want people at home to know this, especially CNN viewers to know this, is that one of the jurors went to those defendants and apologized afterwards, gave him a hug, apologized, seeing what the government had put a poor guy up to who had to go to some Mexican restaurant across the street to get hot water. These people were exploited with credit cards up to $5,000, FBI agents, putting them up to a kidnapping plot that we were told was true but was entrapment. 14, Same thing with the Capitol Police. People Mr. letting them in freely. Many of those people Mr. then Mr. being Mr. charged. Look, the government cannot I, put you up I to do something and then Mr. charge you for it. Look, That's wrong. I don't want to have to. To the left I don't, right, I don't, I don't want to I don't wanna have to interrupt you. I really don't. <laughs> But I don't want you but to mislead the audience here or I'm at not. home. 14, I think they've been misled 14, by mainstream media. 14. She just kept interrupting him the whole time. Very disrespectful. It's like she would ask the question, but then not let him answer because she did not like the answer he was giving. Yeah, I have a real problem with the way she handled that. Mm -hmm. She inserted herself, and she wanted to be the story, and she clearly had an agenda she was wanting to push, mm -hmm. as opposed to just saying, Throwing the question out there and letting him hang himself with his answer, right? She would not let him do that, right? And so, why even have him on at all? I mean, right. clearly, it was a, an agreement between CNN and Vivek. They knew that if they're not on the same side, then why are you even putting him out there? 
Yeah, Why are the, you going to broadcast that if you're not going to let him answer? Exactly. And he's the one, more than anybody else on the stage in the Republican uh, debates, he will talk over others. You know that he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Just let him roll. I yep. mean, it. eventually he will get tired of talking and he'll bring it back to you and you can ask him another question. Yep. Okay, let's talk about, I, I thought that it was just fascinating. I wanted to share that with everybody, how they just would not let him talk. Okay, there's a proposed sunken interstate through downtown Indianapolis. That sounds interesting. They So they've been talking about this for years. And I used to live downtown mm-hmm. from 1994 to 2003. And, I mean, it would be it would be mentioned every once in a while. It seems to be gaining some steam, um, having it really gain steam when they're just now completing the latest sure. project. Sure, it, now that they're almost done with that. Yeah, like, so it, it pushes it off into the future. However, I like the notion of it just because – Certainly raised interstates or interstates just in general really do cut off neighborhoods from each other. I mean, they are huge barriers and people don't like walking underneath them. And the the, the character of the neighborhood changes from one side to the other once you run an interstate through it. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you bury the interstate, it is very easy to walk over it. So like down on Virginia Avenue, around Fletcher Place and Fountain Square, you barely notice that the interstate's there because it is sunken. So mm-hmm. there is merit to this this proposal. I think the timing is about six years too late yeah. because this now won't happen until the next time they rebuild that, which it'll be 25 or 30 years from now. So this is from the Rethink Coalition, also the Indie Chamber, and they released these photos. And so it's they want to have a bunch of green space. If they sink sink the interstate right up on top will be green space everywhere it looks really pretty it does but will it actually be used the green space is it like one huge roundabout yeah i think it would be used like i say i mean it, pedestrians i think would use it to get from one place to the other just imagine kind of the the end of indiana or uh not Indiana Avenue, uh, Massachusetts Avenue, mm-hmm. up by the Bottle Works. If the interstate was sunk in there, they could then continue that on over to the east more, which that area is starting to develop. But it right now, it's kind of a, a dark no-man's land, whereas if that was a park, it would be very pedestrian-friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see lots of advantages to doing this. My understanding is the costs are somewhat similar. <laughs> $2.8 billion. Well, I mean, That's I the think proposal. they spent like $1.7 on the thing they just did. Yeah. So. Uh, but you're right. That won't happen for a while. No. So, But I guess it's good to talk about it now mm-hmm. so that the next time they redo it, they're like, oh, yeah, we've got this plan. It's been sitting over here. Let's do it. Okay. So there's a new Gallup poll that came out that said in the U.S. physical health has plummeted since the pandemic. I believe it. No kidding. Have you gained weight since the pandemic? I have gained weight. Couple pounds? Well, no I, weights, no dates, right? No, Let's exactly. just say, maybe. I, you maybe. Know, I, I watch the hammer <laughs> weigh in. I, I feel uh-huh. guilty every time he does it because, I, yeah, I need to get back on the bike. Hey, I uh, Literally, a state park is in my backyard, mm-hmm. and I don't use it the way I should. So. Here's something that's um, increasing because of that. People are, are you know, health. I, I think a lot of that is, is tied into mental health, obviously, because when one goes, the other goes. Uh, but something that is uh, increasing by over 13% since 2019, so since the, beca- the pandemic began, is diabetes. Diabetes is shooting up, and I think that goes hand-in-hand hand with the weight increase, which it does, is also tied to your mental health. And now we, but now we have all these diabetes drugs mm-hmm. that will make you lose a bunch of weight, 
and that is the new weight loss craze. It's in a pill. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there, this Gallup poll is also saying that the eating habits have been very bad yes. uh, since the pandemic. And, you know, I, I wonder if because the grocery costs have increased, uh, you know, some I think there's some people have become fresh at, food is more expensive than it yeah. has been in years. Yeah. So eating some, healthy is is expensive. I don't think it's that. I think people have become at-home gourmets to some degree. Um, and that they, yeah, they're, they're they're eating more because they're just they're making they're at home more. Yeah, they're making these fabulous meals. You think um, that's it? Because yeah, I, I know that uh, the eating out still has not bounced back to pre-COVID levels. So people are eating somewhere. They're eating it at home. Yep. Okay. So the uh, the poll goes on to say that there are 33 million more U.S. adults who are now obese considered obese than they were back in 2008 so just a decade plus 33 more million americans it's funny when are tipping the scale yeah when covid first hit i mean they couldn't make enough bicycles to keep up with demand but apparently those bicycles are gathering dust in the garage Okay, we've got uh, a couple more things we're going to cover, including some beer sampling. That's on the way from 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. minutes in front of 12 it is the kendall and casey show on 93 wibc brad kloppenstein in for rob today so we were talking earlier um earlier in the show about uh binomics and what's going on with numbers as we uh head into the weekend and i wanted to get back uh to the press conference that corinne jean pierre had and she was asked the question what do you say to americans who look at how much prices have increased since biden took office do you think she had a good answer um, no, it's cringe on Pierre. <laughs> kind of a rhetorical question is this, Casey? Yeah. Well, here's what she said. Thank you. I want to ask you about inflation. So you mentioned the price of eggs, milk, and gas are down over the past year. But what do you say to Americans who are looking at the month that President Biden came into office? Eggs are up 24 percent. Milk is up 17 percent. All types of gas is up 37 percent. And the prices overall are up 17 percent. So the president actually spoke to this not too long ago, I believe, uh, on Tuesday, actually, just a couple of days ago. And he says, we know there's more work to be done. Right. And, it, and that uh, things are still unaffordable. And so while the prices, as you just mentioned, of eggs and, and gas and milk and toys and TVs are down, especially in this time as we're headed into a, a holiday season, as we're in the holiday season, there's more work to be done. And that's important. And that's why we're fighting to lower in, in, insulin. That's why we're, we're to, we talk about junk fees and how we can save Americans money. Uh, they know that there's more work to be done. Does that make you feel good? No. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I, we know there's work to be mm-hmm. done. I want to hear what work they're going to do. Could How are you, they going to fix it? Right. Be clear and specific. Yes. Um, okay. So she mentioned holidays. We're in the holiday season. So is uh, Biden considering postponing any potential vacations over Christmas? 
Casey, you say that like when he's on vacation, it's a bad thing. Me, on the other, I you want like him to be on vacation on... all the time. Yeah, that way he can't be making yes. any decisions on your behalf. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I want him to be a figurehead. I want him to be Queen Elizabeth at 95. <laughs> I want him to just be somebody that we roll out. He watches a parade once in a while, and mm-hmm. otherwise he goes back on vacation. Uh, so what do you think though? Is he, is he going to, is he going to stay on vacation? Is he going to go on vacation? He was in Nantucket over Thanksgiving Yeah. for Christmas. What's he going to do? Is he going to be somewhere? Is he going to be working? Oh, I'm sure he's going to be on vacation. Working in air quotes. He will probably be at his home in Delaware would be my guess. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that, 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 I'm If I had to lay money on it, that's where he's going to be. Uh, they all going to gather around the fireplace and decide what they're going to do with Hunter. Maybe maybe (laughs) that's what they should be doing, but uh, here's what she said. Would the president consider postponing any Christmas vacation plans of his own? Well, we're we're hoping that a deal is done. Mm -hmm. I can't talk about changes in the president's schedule. We still have a week left, right, before that happens. We know that the conversation is going well, right? It's going in the right direction, we believe. We're encouraged by that. Uh, the president's team was uh, was on the hill yesterday and also today, and I'm sorry, also Tuesday, and so that's encouraging. That's encouraging, and that's what we're going to focus on. I just don't have anything. We don't have anything to share on his the president's schedule. He's going to go, as you know, to Milwaukee on uh, on Wednesday, and on Tuesday he's going to go to uh, the National Cathedral to uh, to uh, give um, give some words on behalf of uh, Sandra Day O'Connor. Okay, so um, he has spent 40 percent of his time in office on vacation. Good, good. That <laughs> make it more. Give him more. Make it more. <laughs> okay. Am I wrong? Uh, well, that? his economic advisor uh, Jared Bernstein was on CNN, and he was asked the question: uh, How do you explain that seventy-one percent of Americans uh, rate the economic condition of the country as poor? And his answer: Just as bad as hers. Ask Americans in our latest poll, how would you rate the economic conditions of the country right now? 71% say poor. So how do you explain that? Well, look, the American people have been through a lot. (laughs) That's how you explain it. Well, look, look. they don't know what they're talking about when 71% say the economy's poor. They've just, they've been through a lot. So they just don't (laughs) understand. Binomics is working. If we just keep saying it, people will believe us long enough, right? They can't do that to our pledges. Only we can do that to our pledges. pledges. Sure. Hey, I don't know if you saw this. Indianapolis uh, breaks 200 homicides this is the fourth consecutive year. Yes. And this goes into bigger issues of what are we going to do about our drug problem? What are we going to do? We need to have some sort of a broken window policy. And I'm looking at you, Mayor Hogsett. Mm-hmm. You just won re-election. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also looking at you, Prosecutor Mears. We all know the same people that are shooting and committing the homicides are the same people you've arrested a half dozen times or more for all these other little petty crimes. We need to be holding them in jail. I have a feeling that if you would crack down for six months, it would be amazing the amount of homo- the number of homicides that would be reduced. Hey, you know what today is, Brad? Mm, I can't it, believe we're going to talk about this. Is it? Is it sexy time? <laughs> Sexy time. <laughs> Actually, no. Oh. It's sexless time. No! Uh, yes, today. Yes, Friday, December 15th. Considered the most sexless day of the year. Oh. 
We need to fight the power on this one. All right, listeners, you go out there, you find your partner of choice. If you don't have a partner of choice, you find that person next to you. We're going to try to undo this. <laughs> you want to undo it? Yeah. Apparently, uh, December 11th, which was a few days ago, is the biggest breakup day of the year. Yeah, that which makes you... sense that today would be the most sexless day wah, of the wah. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the the people that claim this theory are you know these uh, people that know more than us. Apparently, they say that it is because of a drop in temperature, and it makes your skin and hair become dry and dehydrated. And it affects the rest of your body. Yes, And you're yes. just not in the mood. Re- remember, remember, folks, stay mm-hmm. hydrated. <laughs> stay hydrated out there. Now, they also say it's uh, because of the decrease in daylight hours Yeah. Um, during the winter. This is generally the most depressing time of the year. It upsets we, your circadian rhythm we've and been your internal lucky. clock. The sun has been out this week. But, yeah, mm-hmm. normally this time of year, it's cloudy. Mm-hmm. It gets dark at 5. Yeah, the last thing you want to do is get all gussied up. Yep. So uh, apparently we've got bad sleep. We have uh, dry skin and hair. Uh, You have bad sleep patterns. You have vitamin deficiencies, a bad appetite, uh, digestion, and bad body temperatures. So you're just not feeling it. You just don't have the drive. Not to mention that just a few days ago was the number one breakup day of the year. Yes. Yeah, so now, um, now probably it's December fifteenth. What might be going for everybody else to try to get out of this mm-hmm. today is a Friday. I bet there's a lot of office Christmas parties today, <laughs> and if the booze is flowing. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, Casey, yeah. I'm going to pour a beer. I give you a sample. We're not going to say what it is, but yeah, because you're gonna you're gonna uh, promote gonna on, this on Beer Sample Friday with Nigel today. I am right? going to be on with Nigel. Okay. Just know it is very special. It's a local lager, mm-hmm. and it looks fantastic okay so uh, cheers to you cheers to you casey all right thank you for coming in and as we go i just wanted to end with this one last thing pornhub released their most searched fetishes oh yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. you know i was reading through that Uh, granny fetishes seem to be number one this makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know why. Thanks, Brad. Thank you, Carl. And thank you for listening today. Tony Katz is up next. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC.